right, welcome everybody. It's episode 28 of Hot Take from the Kitchen. It's October 1st, brand new month. Hopefully. Boy, am I glad September's over. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you are. September yeah, was a tough <laughs> yeah, it was a tough month. All right, you can find us on social media on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Hot Take from the Kitchen. And you can also email us at g at Hot take from the kitchen at gmail.com. It is H O T T A K E F R O M T H E K I T C H E N at gmail.com. And no email this week. What's well, interesting is we had a heavy email week last week. You did. Made up for it. That's all right. It is what it is. With us today, we have Mark Jacobs. It's a man of many hats. He's a Cross country country coach at ACC and the head men's basketball coach, and he's also affiliated with the Dork Brothers, putting on local five Ks around town. So happy to be here. Thank you for excited to have you. Invited. Thank you for yeah. And before we get going, thank you for all that you've done with the racing over the years. I don't know if anyone. I always, as Brad has all test to since he's putting one on here shortly. It's one of those jobs where I think no one really understands all that goes on into it. <laughs> and and uh, Lord knows you've been doing it for a while, and we, we're always happy to – well, Brad more regularly, but on and off of taking them part in them. We really appreciate it. Yes. So, very yeah, appreciate everybody it. thinks we're going to get rich. That's a lot of work, and it's, you don't get rich putting on 5K. So. It's, it's a thankless job, that's for sure. Yeah, and it, but it's fun. Yeah. You know, it's fun, and, and again, you know, people saying thank you, and, and it's just little things. And, again, if you can help the running community. You know, that's what it's about. Yeah, definitely. So, thank you. All right. I guess we'll go to the hot take section. And our first topic is Kyrie Irving apologizes for the flat earth comments. He did just that recently. It was like three or four o'clock today. He announced he apologized for the flat earth thing. And I thought right. it would be interesting to talk because um, he did it jokingly, of course. And then it became this thing about him really thinking the earth was flat because he would people when he said it the first time, um, then it went on to a couple different radio interviews he was on. And he's like, Oh yeah. And then it kind of became this thing. And then he realized that the kids were believing the earth was flat because they look up to Kyrie Irving. And before you know, you had teachers in the classroom getting all mad because, well, I mean, <laughs> so, um, but what I did think was, I know you listen to JD or X pod. Yeah. And, the Bill Simmons pod. Did you listen to Bill Simmons with Kyrie Irving on it? Yes. Yeah. You know, well, and then the main thing Kyrie was talking about was it wasn't necessarily that the earth was flat, but more of taking the time to question what's been put in front of you. Yeah. And um, I just think that's very valuable. I'm not saying that the earth's flat by any stretch of imagination, but um, I think it's good that we take some time and maybe really think, maybe not take things at face value. And I think that's really what he was trying to do. Yeah, a bigger agenda, and it just came back. And yeah. <laughs> the internet's crazy. It is. It is. People believe a lot on the internet, and they really shouldn't. Oh, well. <laughs> our times, you know. All right. Topic number, number two is Earl Thomas. He's the safety for the Seattle Seahawks, and he broke his leg yesterday. Little backstory: He's in contract. He was in contract negotiations with the Seahawks because he's about to be a free agent. And he wanted more guaranteed money for something about for like what happened yesterday, right? With him breaking his leg, and as he's being carted off, 
he decides to flip the bird to the Seattle Seahawks sideline and made me laugh. <laughs> well, I think the other side of the coin, right, is Le'Veon Bell, who just we found out is going to be playing in week seven now. So they just didn't, I don't know if you saw that, but he's going to be playing. Steelers. Yeah, they just announced that he's going to be playing. I just saw that come across my phone when I was driving over here. But this really brings up a great point of, you know, someone like Le'Veon Bell who doesn't want to play because he wants his money because you never know what could happen. And then you have the other side of the coin is Earl Thomas who decided, I'm just going to play and the money will work out. And then you see what happens, and it's just, like, kind of crazy. But who's going to sign him? Yeah. I mean, I mean, who's going to really give him that big money now that bigger costs him a lot of money? Yeah. What, the second year in a row he's had a big injury? So. And he's getting kind of old, but yeah. So what do you do then? I'll go to you both of you guys. So what do you do? If you're a high-star NFL, you're in a free agent, you've been franchise tagged for a year, you you kind of know that. Do you sit out and you make your money or do you go ahead and be a good teammate and play? I don't know because that's it's a double-edged sword, sword pretty much. You know, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. So as I guess I would play, but – I got to show myself to the world that I can do it and prove to the others that I can do it. But that's just me. I wouldn't hesitate for one second about playing. You would play? Absolutely. Yeah. I play for nothing, but, you know. And there is that side of coin. And I'm glad you brought that up. I think it's interesting, you know, sports, especially at that level, has become such a big business, right? Um, that it's, I don't ever blame somebody, especially when they're like a top tier talent at a skill position. If they wanted to sit out, I don't blame Le'Veon Bell for doing what he's doing. I'm not a big fan of it. You know, I think it, in a certain way, it, I don't want to say it tarnishes the sport, but at the same time, I understand it. I mean, the Steelers will not hesitate to cut Le'Veon Bell when they decide to. They will mm-hmm. not hesitate. So you cannot blame somebody for trying to make the money he has to or wants to. So. It's a business. It, it is. is. It is absolutely yeah. it's a business. But in my heart, I would still play. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's easy, and I guess it's one of those things. It's easy for us to sit yeah. here and talk about. But you know, if you know, if somebody was like, "Man, if you go out there, you could get hurt. You could lose fifty million dollars. You'd probably be sitting here pumping the brakes." But right, I don't know. Right. It's it's interesting. Yeah, it is. All right, and topic number three: Golden Tate and end zone celebrations. Did you see his touchdowns yesterday? I saw his touchdowns, but I didn't see the celebrations. Well, it wasn't so much the celebrations. It was the way he was going in the end zone, especially that first one. That's They all do that. So. Yeah. Um, I guess I kind of like that the NFL brought end zone celebrations back. I oh, guess yeah. that's where I was kind of going with this. Yeah. It's definitely more fun. Remember, well, I'm a lot older than you guys, but Billy White Shoes Johnson from the Houston <laughs> Oilers. I mean, that was – you know, we stay up at Monday Night Football at halftime to watch the highlights, and it was always a end zone celebrations on, you know, the NFL no fun league for a while. Yeah. You know, I mean, why not? It's entertainment. Yeah, I think, man, the NFL really took a – you know, they're in a mess right now too, but they really, really almost cared almost too much about their image or I don't know how you want to say it, but they really went to the extreme, I should say, of just really crafting things and – you know, not even be able to put change your socks, you know, if you wanted to put something on your socks. It just seems almost overreacting. Yeah. But at the same time, I understand that, you know, some of those end zone celebrations, I think it's okay if you want to penalize them. I think you can tell them, but they could kind of do whatever they want. Just know that if it crosses the line, you're probably going to get, you know, get ready to make a checkout to 
So I watched the last two minutes because I had practice yesterday. So yeah. I watched the last two minutes, which are probably the worst two minutes of the game. But was why well, I guess I don't I didn't know what his celebration was. So the first one he caught, and he, it was a typical Golden Tate pass touchdown. He caught it about it was about thirty six yard run. It was around there, yeah. 30, 40 yard run, and he caught it within the first five yards. Made a couple of guys miss, and they just took off down the sideline. And about five yards into the end zone, he started dancing a little bit. And then he, right at the one, he spun around and he walked into the into the end zone and kind of put his hands on his hips and kind of looked at Dallas. And then the second touchdown he caught, he prime timed it all the way like from about the five on, and then held the football and almost had it knocked out of his hand, but luckily. Use your right hand, not your left. Yeah, right. yeah. But uh, he was uh, definitely showboating, and I don't know. But it was kind of fun. I mean, it's nothing new for Golden Tate, though. He no, was, he was. Right. He's I mean, been, last year against Minnesota when he flipped into the end zone and for the game when he touched him. It was last year or the year before he did it. It was last year, I think. Yeah. I was scared he was going to get hurt because you see so many players get hurt nowadays like that. That When he did, I was like, my God. But there goes his ACL. I like that better than him flipping off his, you know, teammates. You know? Yeah, well, yeah, that was tough. So I don't think it was towards his teammates. It was more towards the organization. Yeah, it was more towards the Seattle organization. And I honestly, I don't think any of the teammates were like felt personal by yeah. it. They were probably just like um, there was a lot of upset players around him when he right. was sitting there. And then. Uh, uh, Tyler Eifert yesterday. Yeah, that was that one. I don't know if you saw that. But he broke his leg, and you could feel he was laying this way, his foot was going that way, type of thing. And it was, you know, it got rolled up on the ankle. And yeah, nothing you can do. It wasn't just a freak accident. Yeah. So, all right. I guess we'll move on to our CVB question for the week. Last week, was nobody answered again. Kind of sad. <laughs> Last week's question was, in 1848, the Alpena area was renamed by the city founders after a political candidate, which stuck until 1858 when it was changed back to Alpena. What was the name of Alpena in 1848? Do I get to guess? Yeah. I say Fremont. You are correct. Ah. Boom. I like it. Oh, not, not even, I mean, I'm from Alpena, but, I, you know, not yeah. from Alpena. On the sign by the library. Is it? Yep. I just remember, I don't know, reading some history book or whatever on Alpena. I think some of the questions, I don't think they're necessarily um, that people don't. I think some of them are kind of hard. So I think that's part of the reason why people haven't answered. But we'll see. This, I'm this interested week. to see what people's reasons are. Yep. All right. This week's question is, which bridge in Alpena won an award for being beautiful? I know this one. It's kind of a tough question. <laughs> we have a lot of beautiful bridges. Well, we do, but I knew the minute we got this one sent in, I knew the answer to it right away. So All right. that's good. And it is very scenic. It is. 100%. So. Yes. All right. So I think that's kind of it for the first segment. Huh? It is. That's kind good. of blew through it. So what we'll do is we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk with Mark. And then we'll go from there. All right. All right. So uh, we shot urethane around windshields, and when since the urethane's hot, it would uh, bubble. 
And so Toyota would only let you have like a millimeter bubble and if or a void. And if that, you had to throw the whole thing away. And then Ford and GM would allow you one and a half to two millimeter bubble. Anything bigger than that in the garbage it goes. And um, Chrysler would allow four to five millimeter bubble. And you, when you think about a four to five millimeter bubble, how big that is, but that really lets you know, know just the quality standards like some places. Right. Like, and that's in the States. Yeah. yeah. So you can only imagine. Oh, yeah. So, like a lot of different kinds. I mean, there's no safety regulations or, you know. Yeah. I mean, actually, I just got one from down there. And the guy said, this is what we're using now. And I have the exact steak knife. <laughs> I mean, literally. Yeah. I'm like, he sent me a picture. And he said, do you have anything safer? I'm like, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I might. Yeah. So, um, Mark, uh, thanks for coming by. So uh, let's just talk a little bit about you, where you grew up from, and then your little bit of your background, and then we'll kind of poke around and we'll have some fun here. All right. Um, I was born in Flint. Okay. Um, but lived, moved to Alpena, Michigan when I was one. Oh, wow. I, and I lived here till I was 10, so 63 to 73. Uh, my dad was community school director in Alpena. I uh, went to Bingham and actually uh, went to kindergarten with my wife. How many people can say that? We were classmates. <laughs> and, uh, actually, our mothers were best friends. We lived across the street from each other on, oh Lewis, right on Lewis Street. And then when I was 10, uh, my dad went back to school to get his PhD. And Charles Stewart Mott, I don't know if you heard of Charles Stewart Mott, my children's hospital, okay, yep. my community college. He was my dad's mentor. So we rented a house in the tough part of Flint for a year, like right by Hurley Hospital. Um, and then, uh, he got his PhD and he was a Dean at Ferris. So I grew up in Fer in Big Rapids with a junior high and high school there. Um, went to Ferris for a year, played football at Ferris for a year. Uh, you can see how big I am. I played tackle. <laughs> and let's see, after that, um, went to Mott and graduated from Central. So I did kind of a couple of colleges and, uh, was a pharmaceutical rep. And for both, uh, well, I was an account manager ended up and a manager, so probably 30 years, 28 years, and took a buyout. And uh, I work for my younger brother, uh, selling safety box cutters, and coach cross country at Alpena Community College, and also men's basketball. So busy boy, but I love it. That's a uh, quite intense. It's a, so you've definitely been some time around Michigan and yeah. sounds like around the world from the little bit we talked about. So yeah, yeah. it's kind of a lot of traveling the last couple of years. Um, I actually spent a lot of time in Thailand. My daughter lived there for a year Okay, uh, when she got out of high school. So I spent some time over there with her and I've been to Europe, uh, been to Ireland, which is my all time favorite place in the world. How many times have you been there? Just that one time or I saw you just recently went to Ireland, right? Yeah, I've been to Ireland uh, last year and then this year. Uh, I just went, to, I've been to London a couple of times, two or three times, and then I've been to Ireland once, and I'd move there tomorrow, except, you know, they always say there's four seasons in Ireland, it's fall, 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 and fall, because we were there in, in June, it was 50 degrees and raining, but the people are fantastic, the food is fantastic, it's such a beautiful country, just a beautiful country, great people. Sign me up. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd like to yeah. go back. I don't know, I'd like to move there, but it's a little too chilly for me. Um. Compared to the rest of the, but Alpine is still home, obviously. Alpine is home. Uh, I absolutely, I think Alpine is the greatest place in the world. I'm not a fan of October to about <laughs> May. I'm not a cold weather person. Yeah. 
but uh, it's home. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I was supposed to get transferred at one time early in my career. And every time I drove another town, I'd get a stomachache. <laughs> and then I got a new boss, and she said, you don't have to move. And uh, Alpine is, you know, even though, like I said, I grew up in Big Rapids, Alpine is home. Yeah, um, that's awesome. So then um, we kind of met you through all that you're helping with the Dork Brothers. So why don't you give, um, why don't you give us a little history about the Dork Brothers? And- okay, so the Dork Brothers started a long time before I was around. Right. Actually, I've heard about Dork Brothers all my life. Uh, my dad was good friends with a lot of Dork Brothers. My dad was a, a running guru. He ran the Boston Marathon 10 times. He's done 30 marathons. He's passed away about 13 years ago, 15 years ago. And he had kind of cool story. So he always talked about this guy named Joe Gentry. Okay. And when I first started it here, when I came to LP and I weighed about 195 pounds and I decided I better, you know, my oldest daughter, I've got three children. My oldest daughter was just born and I thought, boy, I don't want to be an armchair quarterback. So I made a lot of lifestyle changes and just started running and um, saw an ad in the paper that said, any local runners, we meet at you know, nine o'clock at Burger King. So I'm all nervous. I go there and I, I meet these guys like Wayne Christofferson and Chris Christofferson, just, you know, Stan Mishley, big group. I think there was 19 of us were training for Bayshore Marathon. And about a week or two later, I'm running, <clears throat> running in front of the mall and this guy says, hey, he said, you're the new guy who lives on 11th Avenue. I'm like, how do you know that? <laughs> and he said, well, everybody calls me and says, who's the new, you know, <laughs> And I said, yeah, I'm Mark Jacobs. He said, oh, he said, I'm Joe Gentry. And I thought Joe Gentry was, you know, 70 years old. And Joe, I mean, you know, he's in his 60s. He looks like he drank from the fountain of youth. He cannot, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, from that day on, you know, Joe's been my my mentor. And the big thing was to be a dark brother. Mm-hmm. And Joe opened the door for me. And I, the story behind it, you know, there's a couple of different stories. How, you know, it was like Randy Bouchard, Joe Gentry, Wayne Christopherson. Um, let me see who else. Stan, Wayne, Joe. And uh, they were running one day and somebody shouts out the door, you guys look like a bunch of dorks. And it stuck. And they've done a lot. You know, they have fun. Uh, first race I ever went with, I went to a race up in Mackinac Island, or Mackinac City with Wayne and, and Stan. And they make a whole day of it. And Stan is, you know, like starting his shoelaces like it's a like a lawnmower, <laughs> you know. And so it's it's a fun group, great group of guys. Uh, you know, they're my best friends. My running group is, you know, I don't go out at night or anything, but you know, Saturday morning is my social hour, and we've got actually a big group. We you know some on Saturday mornings we run, and it's and then we were from two people to you know twenty people, just depends on the weekend. So mm-hmm. you really build some friendships and. You know, with Joe, we basically for the last, we say I've been running for 25 years, you know, back running and, uh, and we solved the world problem. And I, you know, I mean, I love him more, you know, than anybody, obviously besides my wife and kids. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's kind of cool just to the fact that uh, we saw the world's problems. We raised our kids together mm-hmm. and he's just one of those guys who I trust with my life and, uh, you know, I'm blessed to have him and, be nice everybody had had a mentor, you know, because actually he, you know, not to talk about you know, Joe, but he's really done a lot for me. I mean, he's made me a better man. He's challenged me mm-hmm. and he won't be, you know, he's not shy if I'm doing, you know, he's like, eh, you know. Um, um Joe, not just a mentor for you, but Joe's done a lot for Alpina. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know if a lot of people really realize um 
I always say it's kind of been a, I've said it before on the pod here, but of recently it seems like there's a little bit of a changing of the guard. People like Joe Gentry and numerous other people that have been around in Alpina that have done things for behind the scenes for Alpina for decades now. And, you know, it's kind of time for a new group to really step up and, you know, pick up this torch of that, you know, somebody like Joe has done for so many years. And, uh, I mean, he obviously just still does it. I just, yeah. we were just at the, this last uh, the uh, Al Ferris half yep. marathon, yep. and I was chasing Brad, taking pictures of him, and lo, lo and behold, I get to the finish line, and there's Joe yep. with his clipboard, and then um, yeah, and again, and the nice thing about it is, you know, I, he's kind of he taught me how to be a race director, and like you said it earlier, it's a lot of work, and the cool thing is, is you know, I think okay, he couldn't come to a meet or a race, so it was my like I remember a long time ago was my first race. And he said, okay, do you, do you get um, safety pins? I'm like, no. But he never, like, gave me – I mean, he made me – then, you know, like the night before, he called me and said, uh, did you get change? I need to get change, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so I have a tick sheet now. Uh, but, again, it wasn't like, here, I'm going to do everything for you, you know. And it, it is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And uh, But, again, he taught me how to do it. And, like I said, he's, uh, you know, he's challenged me. I'm actually, you know, I'm the cross-country coach at ACC because of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I, I absolutely, you know, I, I didn't run with him for four days or whatever. And I feel bad when I run with him because I, I save all my stories for him, you know, and just like a wonderful guy. So, you know, that's probably the best thing about the Dork brothers is the camaraderie and the friendships you make because the little blood, sweat and tears, you know, goes a long way, you know, yeah. and you build really good relationships with people because you're, you're running with them an hour, two hours, three hours, 20 hours, you know, you away you know, from everything, yep. you know, you have no distractions, no phones, you know, so it's, just, you know, it's a cool thing with the dark brothers. Yeah. Um, I agree. I know that what, when I used to run, I, and I just kind of started running back up again and I realized how much I missed that personal time that you carve for running. And I think that's of all the things I missed in running, um, I missed that the most was Sundays and having two hours to myself to just, go run far as I could. And some days I didn't have, and I had to call Alice and say, I'm here. I am. Come pick me up. It's just right. not going well today. And other days, you know, you just go and feel yeah, like it you, is. Could- you have it every day. And like I said, I ran twice today. I ran with my guys this morning early and then, but you know, my lunch hour, you know, and again, Joe is, you know, extremely talented athlete. And a lot of people don't know that, you know, he ran a two forty one marathon. Sure. He's been a second overall. But he tells me some stories, you know, like he did uh, Black River Hills, and there's a 10-mile loop yep. that you start kind of by Paul Bunyan. And he ran that in 60 minutes. You know? Holy cow. I mean, it, so he's just, I mean, he's extremely talented. And I've learned a lot. And But another nice thing is, is if somebody's in the newspaper, he'll always cut it off the article and write a little note. I was just going to tell you, Joe has done a very good job of writing me thank yous and just little small articles. He cut something out. Um, he did it for my daughter when she did well on track. Alpina, um, actually, Press Guild wrote an article up on her. And um, he kind of was like, you should be, I hope you're proud because you should be. Touch-. Something along that line. Yeah, you know? he actually, he will write every single one of my recruits a letter. And he warns them about me. You know, <laughs> jokingly. Yeah. But, uh, no, I just, like I said, and again, that's a part of my life that I wouldn't have had I not been a runner. Yeah. You know, I would have said, oh, that's that Joe Gentry guy who knew my dad. 
But again, and that's like, you know, a lot of the different runners like that. You really build some really good friendships that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Some of the friends we've made and just some of the people you've met. I mean, we've met you and Joe, like I said, and a handful of others. I know Brad runs a lot more regularly than I do now, but um, it's just amazing the people you meet just to run. Even the people um, not from Alpena, like where you go to a race and you kind of, I remember I've, uh, the two the years we've run the crim, I remember I've been running along and all of a sudden I see somebody from Alpena in the middle of the race or remember when, um, uh, when I was running the uh, Grand Rapids Marathon, I remember I've seen Dave, I'm like at mile 20, just miserable. And here comes Dave trotting by me. And he just says, I'm like, hang in there, you're almost there. And I'm right. just, you know, um, it's just funny how you can just see different people at different places. So, and again, it's a, it's a good addiction to have. You know, yeah. Because you up in early in the morning or whatever and you, it just, you know, I had knee surgery last December and I was off for six months. And it's amazing, you know, that, yeah. you know, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, now I'm grouchy. And, you know, I've never grouchy in my life. And all of a sudden I'm like, <laughs> oh, wow, you know, yeah. And when you get back to running, it's like, okay. And you look at that as my hardest part of the day and everything else is good. Yeah. So then you kind of transitioned somehow to the uh, community college coach? Yes. Um, Seven years ago, I got a call from Joe. <laughs> and actually, I was coaching at Thunder Bay Junior High. Kellen uh, uh, Rifford, the former coach, had asked me, he said, I need you to help me out. And I'm like, uh, you know, and it was, you know, three or four hours a week and absolutely had a blast. You know, a lot of junior high kids were just starting to run and we had just, we had a blast. There's zero pressure. I, my goal is to make it fun. And boy, I'll tell you, we had probably had, 40 kids on the team and actually I've coached three or four of them in college now. Yeah. And Joe called me up and he said, I need you to be favor. They dropped golf. They need a cross country coach. And I told him that you're the only one who could do it. And I'm like, I can't do it. I'm on the road. And then no, you can, you know, work it out. And, and sometimes I say, you know, this little gray hair streaks are from Joe. <laughs> um, but then it started and my first year was kind of neat because I literally got the job August 1st. And the season, you know, starts, uh, cross-country camp starts August 20th. So I got on the phone and I had uh, I had a couple high school runners who I knew, Jared Labarge and Travis Across. And then I started thinking, hmm, who else? And Jake Strong and Sean Berryman played basketball at ACC. So I called them. They'd never run in their life. And then a kid named Kyle Urban, yep. uh, all-American bowler. <laughs> um, great, great, funny, funny kid. He wanted to run. And then Andrew Summerks, who – did indoor track for me. He was a high jumper and really, and I, and I called him up and I said, but you're sitting at home right now thinking, boy, my, my sports career is over. He goes, I actually have to think about that a lot. I said, guess what? <laughs> and then I had uh, Janelle Tim and Kitty Brownell. So we had, it was, I learned a ton that year. I mean, literally the first half of the year, my Travis and, and Jared were my runners. You know, the other guys just did it because they were nice, you know, nice yeah. guys to do it. And, uh, about half the year, this guy named Tim Catalano, who I don't know if you've ever heard of the book Running with Buffaloes. It's about Colorado. They were national champs, and he was part of that team. And him and I got to be friends on things of sent of pictures, running pictures. And uh, him and Adam Goucher, who was an Olympic champion, have a partnership together. So I got to be friends with them. And so I sent him a message. I said, I said, I'm kind of confused. I said, uh, my guys aren't getting better. And, and so I sent him the workout, and he said, no, I don't know your guys. But he said, college guys, this is pretty light. <laughs> and, and it was. 
Um, but I didn't, you know, I didn't know at that time. And so he said, you know, if we run in Colorado, if we would go to Villanova, which is Philadelphia on a Saturday, our long run was on Sunday, even if we got home at, you know, 2 a.m. And so I just said to my guys, I said, so here's the deal, you know, where do you guys want to go? And they said, bring it on, coach. And then uh, the next year, I got a couple of kids from other schools and then just built the program. Um, not kind of what my last three years have been. I've never met finer young men and women than I have the last three years. I've been blessed. Three years ago, I said, I'll never have another team like that. And I started out with a preface and this, you know, Colin Gudoni um, is one of my kids I've coached since he was an eighth grader. I coached him in eighth grade cross country, then indoors. Uh, from eighth grade to, and then he, he ran for me two years. Um, you know, he's 19 years. He's one of my best friends. I trust him in my life. I just, I think the world of him, he's such a, he'll, he'll do anything for you. But I told my guys at camp, I said, so here's the deal. Just so you know, I have a favorite runner. And I said, that's just the world. How, you know, mm-hmm. and I said, it's Colin Gadoni. I said, because he never whines, he works his butt off. And he'll do anything for me or anything, you know, without asking for anything in return. I said, therefore, if you want to become my favorite runner, don't whine, work your butt off. And if I ask you to do something, I said, I'll reciprocate. And at the regional meet, which will last me the year, I looked at the team and I said, I can't believe it. You guys are like all my favorite runners. And I've never had that. I've never had like not one second of, and I started thinking to myself, you know, because Earlier on, you know, you, you learn stuff and you start thinking, you go, okay, I've got three more weeks to go. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, you know, today, you talk to my guys today, I've got, we only have four more Mondays after, you know, before today. And man, that kills me. Yeah. Because these guys, and then last year I had 11 guys and it was the same thing. They're just incredible. And then this year, I mean, these guys love to run. I've never, and the difference between this year's team and my past two, is I've never seen a group get so excited about hard workouts. I mean, I, you know, I can say, I say, what are we going to do tomorrow? I said, go on the track. And I'm like, what are we going to do? I said, you'll see. And we did it Friday. We did a 200, 400, 600, 800, 1200, and then 1200, 800, 600, 400, 200 full out. And they were like, cheering when I tell them what they're doing. <laughs> like, I'm like, that's just great. This is hard. Yeah. They love, I mean, they just absolutely love to work hard and they're, you know, and they're all academically, obviously that's, you know, kind of the forte of my program is good academics. You know, I have high expectations, but just class. I think you realize certain points that you have to push yourself to get better. So I think, and if you can sell that to kids, like, Hey, this is what it's going to take for you to get better. Um, I think, and you get the right athletes, they welcome that. Yeah, and I, you know, I promise them one thing. I promise them, well, two things. I promise them they'll never have a close, better team in their life. Yeah. And I promise you I'll get them better. Yeah. I tell them that all the time. And I've got some kids who've got some talent, but they put in the work. Yeah. And in this year, I've got a lot of talent. And I told them, you know, from day one, I'm going to push you guys harder than I've ever pushed a team. I mean, like I said, we did that track work on Friday. They did 12 mile hour Saturday. They did two mile repeats yesterday. And today we did this went to the Sandies and they've had one day off since August 20th. And they're just like, bring it on. And it's, it's a really cool thing to do. And, and it's a, 
it's a culture change, you know, and I, I think it's kind of cool. I could give them a list right here, which I never would do. And I'd say, here's your practices and tell regionals. I'll see you at regionals. And not one kid would say, why? Mm-hmm. You know, like, where are you at? You know? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I like being part of it. I would never do that. But that's just the kind of, you know, that's the kind of culture I'd want to bring in. Yeah. And, and you can tell if a kid fits or if he doesn't fit. And that's the cool thing about cross-country camp. Um, you really bond, you know. I mean, we stay in very rustic, rustic, no showers or anything. You know, they swim in the lake to clean up. And we play a lot of volleyball. We play a lot of bags. We play a lot of euchre. And they're still trying to beat me in euchre. But, <laughs> and bags. And volleyball. So I'm very competitive. But, uh, no, just like I said, it's just a fantastic group of guys. Yeah, I have always told all my children that if you want to – you know, you can play whatever you want, and I'm not going to push him. I mean, obviously, I love basketball and I love football, and uh, my kids have all, you know, out here from track, so yeah. um, they've done well. But I always told them that I'm not going to push you, but if you ever want to become really good at something, I know people that can make you really good because I've known some people that have a lot of success, you know, like yourself and are good coaches. And then, you know, so it, I always have put, I go, I'm not going to make that phone call to Mark, for example. Until you tell me that that's what you want, because we're not going to waste his time. We're not going to waste my time. When you, there's a level of commitment that you have to have for that, and if you don't want to put forth that effort, then we're just not going to waste anybody's time. So, um, yeah, and I've got a lot, and I get lucky with some recruits. You know, I got a young man uh, from Ludington whose parents both graduated from Alpena High, <laughs> and they they purchased their family farm out on Harbor Lake Road, and. You know, the kid was getting recruited by you know, a couple of our schools, and we just we clicked, and he had a place to stay. His parents are you know move up here in seven years when they retire, and then I you know I got a kid from Memphis, Michigan, which is you know thumb, and uh, he uh, he was, his brother was here as a linesman, and he knew he, you know three years ago he's going to come here. But I also got a kid named Caleb Berger, who's never run ever <laughs> a soccer player, and I ran into. Uh, Tim Storch is the AD at Alpena High at a basketball game. He said, I got a kid you may want to be take a look at. And he's a soccer player, but he's, you know, he's run, you know, in practice and stuff. And uh, I said, sure. And, you know, I'm always looking for some good kids. And last meeting was my number two guy. <laughs> and I mean, I, I mean, I'm just, I mean, blown away. I mean, I thought, okay, this kid will probably, he's a little guy, you know, and uh, I think, yeah, maybe he'll be my sixth man. And he just the kid just goes, and it's 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 fun to watch. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm jealous of kids that could fly as a I'm probably more of a Clydesdale than anything else. But it's always interesting. To, I always love watching people that can run effortlessly, whether it's just on TV or in person. And you just like, uh, I know it's just. I think running is really running can be a really neat activity if you take it with the right attitude. I think a lot of people approach running with like, a, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to have to do this. And um, there's a lot of that goes into that. But if you have the right mental aptitude, which it sounds like you've been able to find the right kids that have, yeah, and, and again, they're not afraid. They're not afraid to work. Yeah. And that's the cool thing. And you got, you know, I was saying to actually, I had three kids help me move something that, you know, it's the last second I said, Hey, I need, you know, some strong guys. And I said, I'm just amazed you guys are, you know, like, so even excited about hard workouts. And then one of the guys said, you know what? It's one of those things that's just it's everybody's attitude. You get one bad, you know, get a guy who's cancer to the team. Mm-hmm. And he said, we're all, you know, we're all in it together. And I got a captain, Dallin Toth, who's my only, like my 
only returner. Uh, and he's, you know, and he takes it serious and he's, you know, and, you know, and that's the big thing about captains, you know, they have to understand, you know, my dynamic because they know how passionate I am and how, but I do take it very serious. Mm -hmm. And so they know, you know, that's good. You know, how to. so how's the season going? Actually, uh, it's doing fantastic. We, um, we've not yet had a decent weather mm -hmm. race. And, uh, so our times are okay. Um, but we have, uh, we ran at Ferris, um, first week of September and it was a beautiful day, but it had rained for about two weeks before that. So it was just sog. And then the next week we ran at Michigan state and it was about 88 degrees and it's a tough course. And typically every year we're usually about 30 seconds. I mean, I can tell you exactly how my kids are going to do every race and every year from Ferris to Michigan state, we're always 30 seconds slower at Michigan state. We were 30 seconds faster. And then last, or I guess a week and a half ago, we ran at Hanson Hills and Grayling. And um, Kirtland has a meet. And we, was, I would have to say, it's our best meet ever. Um, Tyler Ross, kid from Fairview, was a dual sport kid, stud. Uh, he finished ninth overall. There was like 66 runners. But then I had 19th, 21st, 22nd, uh 23rd and 25th. Wow. You know, and they were like, you know, within 40 seconds of, you know, the next guys. And that's how you win in cross country. You know, you, you, you clump them together. And uh, so we just had, you know, we beat a lot of schools. We didn't have business beaten, you know, which was really cool. And uh, so we go do West Lansing on uh, Friday. And majority of our conference will be there because that's where the regional meet is. And I'm hoping we have some decent weather. I'd really like to see these kids. She's busted. But got a lot of talent. That's good. Um, so does it – what's your apex of the season? Do you have a, like a district meet or a we have conference? Regionals. Regionals? Well, yeah, it's regionals conference. And okay. that's pretty much our state meet, mm -hmm. which I guess I really don't understand with junior college because I um, – anybody can go to the nationals. Right. I mean, you can run a 40-minute mile. And go to nationals. So regionals is our big meet. Kind of tells you where you're at. And we've, we're climbing every year, climbing every year. Um, even though I went to Mott, Mott's one of our big, my big rivals. Yeah. And my guys know that. And you know we beat Mott at Michigan State, and uh, you know I'd like to crush them you know, this week. <laughs> but again, my big thing is I really have to be careful. You know I've got seven guys, and with injuries. Yeah. So I'm really cautious about you know like. One of my guys yesterday fell. We did uh, two-mile repeats behind the Aplex and those trails. And somebody said, you know, Tyler's down. And I'm like, I can't come, you know, hobbling. And he twisted his ankle. He's fine. But it's like, I can't lose. If I lose one person, I, I mean, it's, let's see it's down the drain. Yeah. So, all righty. Well, it sounds like you got a great thing going. Yeah. And then um, I know – um, I always tried to get my daughter back when you ran the woods program yep. and uh, she never wanted to really, I don't think she could get her head around throwing a shot for someone other than posing. And I just don't think she was ever comfortable with that. And of course now she's always like, Oh my gosh, I wish I would have done that. So that's a great, it's a great. And fortunately, you know, this past year, Colin took over, went to go to the basketball job and he did a fantastic job. And I had about four or five guys from my cross country team help him. Now he's running for Ferris, and I've got like three or four of my guys who are going to run it because people, I mean, obviously, it's, 
a great program that, you know, first year we started, it was like we had seven runners. And I want to say last year, like 65. Wow. I know my hope, my son's thinking about if they do a, a shot for boys. Yeah. He wants to. And actually, uh, Trevor Rosnowski mm-hmm. uh, has been really helping those guys. And so he'll probably be at some meets. I, I don't know if you know Trevor. I've heard of him. Yes. Uh, another phenomenal. He, he throws for Ferris. Yeah. But okay. actually, he had talked to me because he was working with some of the guys in the spring about you know, who's going to take over and stuff and yeah. very knowledgeable. And he's a thrower at Ferris. That's good. I know my daughter. It's amazing, you know, for just what it is. God bless Tammy Hingskin, all her hard work and everything that she does. But in the end of the day, she's really not a throws coach. And, uh, you know, Kelsey's credit, she got down there. And really, this is her first time ever having coaching. You know, ever really have a coaching, and she's really. I think she's she's excited for the year. Let's just put it that. Where's she at? She's on Heidelberg, so she's got her oh. yeah, second year. Nice. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That. So she's uh, she wanted her goals last year. She wanted to make all conference, which she fell short of. But she wanted to be the best thrower on the team when she got done as a freshman, and she did that. So. Good for her. Yeah. So it's, that's, a, it's a cool. And I like I said, I knew nothing. I mean, I it's so funny because when I'm Trevor was one of my throwers and I could say, bend your legs and, you know, you would improve a little. And then I'd also joke. I said, now you go back and you tell your <laughs> coaches, you know, I, that's Coach Jacob because he's throwing some of PRs. Yeah. I know nothing. And it's like, you know, I'm a distance guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to study, you know, hurdles. I had to study getting out of the blocks, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think this is a good time to take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about basketball. Sweet. All right. So then you're this really great cross country coach. You got a lot of coach. You got a lot of mojo going, and then all of a sudden you get a phone call, and now they want you to jump aboard ACC basketball. Yeah. So how did that all come to kind of? Um, I've known uh, Dr. McMaster, Don McMaster, for a long time, and he's seen me coach. You know, I coached AAU basketball for a long time, and it's just kind of funny because. The first thing I ever heard was, what do you know about basketball from anybody? Because mm-hmm. I think because I'm a runner. I, do, I coach basketball a lot longer than I coach running, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I just happened to work into coaching running because I'm a runner. Yeah. And so we talked quite a bit. And, uh, I, you know, I worked for my brother. So we had to, you know, he had made some concessions. Unfortunately, you know, after about my third conversation with Dr. McMaster, my brother said, I'm not going to tell you, you can't do something you're passionate about. And so he's made a lot of concessions for me. You know, I mean, obviously I can't travel and in that kind of stuff, but it's a challenge. Um, I probably learned more about myself last year. Um, And it made, you know, and a big thing with young men and young ladies is setting expectations. And I don't know if the talent wasn't totally there last year. So, I mean, I was pretty lenient. For this year, I think, I believe we've got a lot more talent. Um, and so, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm strict, but not in a jerk way. I mean, I, you know, what, you know, my guy, when I recruit, I go through, a, you know, three pages of expectations. You know, these kids sit in the front row. All my athletes sit in the front row of class. They don't miss a class. Um, they're engaged in the class. And they do their work. And it's amazing how, how well they can do academically. 
And I've got, like I said, I've got a lot, you know, a lot of guidelines that they follow. And, and I do it not for me, but for them. Um, you know, and I, if I ask them to do something, I expect them to do it. It's not, you know, for my ego, it's for, because, you know, I mean, I remember being 18 and somebody asked me to do something. I'm like, oh, I'm like, why, you know, and then when I'm 25, I'm going, ah, I get it. Yeah. And again, you know, my big thing is they're, they're here to get an education. And I tell them that all, you know, I love them to go to the NBA, but in the big picture, that piece of paper is going to get them everywhere mm -hmm. over not. And uh, last year, like I said, it was a, an interesting year. Uh, fortunately, I have my Bobby Allen's my assistant, and he was my saving grace. <laughs> uh, very, very smart guy, and he could read me like a book. And he, you know, he'd calm me down a lot, and you know, he was just throwing his two cents or whatever, and he made made a lot of sense. And I learned a lot from him. You know, basically going from AAU to college, and you know, not many people are fortunate to have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I knew what I needed this year uh, to, you know, build a program. And again, it's just changing that culture. I know it doesn't change overnight. You know, you can't change overnight. And I really don't have a lot of patience. <laughs> I, I have zero patience if you, if you, you know, know me that well. But I also understand it's a process. As long as we move forward on a daily basis. We had our first practice today. And uh, it was just, it was phenomenal. I could have went for four more hours. Um you know, these guys have bought into, you know, what I'm preaching. And we got, you know, my big thing last year, I had a kid from Gaylord, big country, Smith. He came in last year. He was 6'6", 270. And now he's 6'6", 225. Wow. I call him big skinny now, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I had 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, and 6'4". There was my three bags. And now I've got a 6'8", two 6'6's. Six five two six fours two six threes, and uh, and so a lot of size, and we you know we really got killed underneath because mm -hmm. we had no size. Yeah. And well, so, it's you know ACC basketball historically hasn't had a lot of big people. That's just something that, that we've always we just always struggled with recruiting. Right. You know, size. And again, it's it's difficult. I've had, I've talked to a lot of the. You know, we're in the Eastern Conference League, so we play Delta, which is our second. And we play Mott, which I've went in the rest of the school here, Detroit schools, but a lot of the inner city Detroit. And they say to me, how can you recruit up here? And, you know, and there's some Northern Michigan kids who can play ball. Just yeah. because they're not from Detroit doesn't mean they can't play ball. And it, it's tough, but I think the thing that people don't realize is, now you went to Pozen High School. It would be Detroit Catholic Central playing against Pozen. Um, the schools we play against, and it's, you know, they, you know, those cars you're dealt with. But the schools we play against, you know, Oakland Community College has twenty three thousand students. We have eighteen hundred. You know, uh, Lansing, you know, twenty thousand. All these schools, you know. So, and I, but I, I believe that we can compete. I really do. Last year, you know, we lost eleven games by ten points or less, and I believe our team is a lot more talented this year, which we, you know, we'll tell. You know, when mm -hmm. it comes to game time. But it, it's a little more difficult because, and I, I sell that though. Mm -hmm. I sell, you know what? There's not a lot to do in Alpena, mm -hmm. per se, for you know an 18 year old from you know the city or whatever. And I said, but you can study and you can play basketball, and you know, and you can focus on what's important. Um, I've got a kid from inner city Flint, 
when I said to him last week, I said, how do you like the mean streets of Beltina? <laughs> and he said, it's wonderful. He said, I don't have to look over my shoulder. I don't have to worry. I can focus on what's important. You know, it's a, it's a great, great community, mm-hmm. it, you know, especially for, you know, young kids. And again, if they, they do something, if they get involved and, you know, not, not preaching, but I think every college kid, you know, kids who succeed get involved in things. And I want to make sure that, you know, my kids, you know, do stuff together and you know, they don't sit, you know, kids are, you know, I never, I was never a gamer, mm-hmm. but Oh man, I cannot believe the hours people spend in those video games. Yeah. And so I try to get them out and do stuff mm-hmm. and, you know, be involved in the community. And, uh, so it's a, you know, it's a great place. I've got, I got a kid from Texas. who was actually from a big town right outside of Dallas league city. Okay. And, you know, he's up in Alpena and he loves Northern. He loves, he's been over to Kalkaska and he was up in Sheboygan last weekend. And, you know, mm-hmm. just he loves this, you know, I mean, he found a home here, which is really cool. And I got a kid from Coco, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, what do you think about your decision? And he's like, best decision ever made. You know, so I think it's that, eh, do I want to go rural, Northern Michigan? But I think once they get here and, and see what it's about, you know, it's a big sell. Of course, they haven't been through our winners yet. <laughs> no, but you know what? And actually, uh, probably one of my all-time kids ever coached, a kid named Michael Stewart last year. Little guard. Just absolutely love the kid. And he's from Florida. <laughs> and I said, what's a kid from Florida think about this? Yeah. He said, I think it's kind of cool. He said, I know I'm not going to be here forever. Yeah. I'll say, yeah, you are going to marry some frozen girls in <laughs> northern Michigan. But... Uh, he uh, he just said, you know, this it's different, but it's a cool thing, you know, because I know that, you know, I'd never have an opportunity to see what this is like. Mm-hmm. And but even the other day, one of my runners said, "Wow, this cold weather came early up here," <laughs> you know, like yes, it did. This is not even cold. You know? Yeah, like this is just starting, buddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that it is. It's, it's it's a long winter, but again, they're you know they're involved. I mean, you know, we have a lot of practices, so we have you know a lot of gym time, and they got a lot of study time. Um, so they'll, they'll, they'll get used to it. Um, and again, it's just that they take the right attitude. Yeah. Any goals for the upcoming season? <sighs> I mean, obviously I want to say, you know, it'll, it'll depend on my goal is again, is, is to be better than my last year. Right. Um, and to improve in a lot of different areas. I think the camaraderie, you know, is a lot different. These guys are pretty close already. And, you know, I picked up a couple, some guys from last year's team. And again, there, you know, last year's team was last year's team. It was my learning. It was, uh, you know, the start of a foundation. Um, but I'd like to, I'd like to get some conference wins. Uh, it's been a while and I'd like to, you know, I've got some, you know, built in rivals already. Yeah. You know, that, uh, but again, it's just to put on a good, you know, to compete, mm-hmm. but to get over that hump and, and start getting some W's. Yeah. I know Mott and Kirkland are always fun. Games to circle with Kirtland just from proximity, of course. And Kirtland now does have another uh, program. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's good and bad, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. I look you at know, it. Um, and actually, you know, because we obviously run against them. Yeah. But they were at similar size school. Mm-hmm. And I think they dropped it. And uh, again, actually, a couple of guys from Kirtland came over here a couple of years ago. Okay. And then, uh, but yeah, Delta and mine. But <clears throat> we got Nicholas. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win with good kids. Yeah. You know, I don't need to, you know, it's just amazing to see, you know, like Wayne County Community College is inner city Detroit and their coach is one of the classiest guys in the world. He's a, I 
FBA hostage negotiator. That's his job. <laughs> and he's, I think he's saved more young men's lives just helping them out. And the last, a couple of funny things, he's after, at the last game, he said, hey, I got to go. I said, he's, this is a, a Wednesday night. He says, he said, I got to get back to the hotel. I said, hotel? You guys stay in a hotel? He goes, dude, he said, it's four and a half hours. I'm like, really? Because <laughs> we go down there yeah. too. And we come home after a game, you know, so mm -hmm. we're getting home at two o'clock. But he said, the last game and we played against them. He said, I cannot believe I've only got 10 guys. And I pretty much had 10 guys all season. I said, that's not bad. He goes, I started out with 28 guys. Wow. It was down to 10. And it's just a different dynamic. Mm -hmm. uh, but I tell you what, you know, as God is my witness, I'm going to win with good kids. And I've got some really, really good kids who just want an opportunity. You know, um, like I said, big country. Uh, we had talked, and thank God John Pintar called me because Gaylord has a kid. His last name is Charbonneau. He's a senior now, and he's been their their team since he's been a freshman. And I went up, and uh, I was recruiting Gunnar Libby and uh, from Hillman. So I went and watched him play a lot, and he got away, but uh, I almost had him. And um, John Pintar called me and said, hey, if you're looking for a big guy, Gaylord's got a big guy. And I said, okay, and I find out he already – Signed up for Lake State, mm -hmm. you know, very, you know, four points dude, and, and just a great, great kid. And uh, so I said, hey, I'd like to come and have you come down for tryouts. And he's like, I'd love to come over and do that. And I said, you know, my my big thing, my problem is with, I said, Kevin Durant ruined basketball for big guys. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, why is that? I said, because every big guy thinks he can shoot the three. And big country said, I don't even know where the three is, coach. I said, <laughs> you know what, son, I said, that is the best answer I've ever heard. <laughs> And he's just, like I said, just a, a class kid. And we were actually we were talking today, and um, his first game, I think he played eight minutes. And then, you know, by the end of the year, playing 30 minutes, you know. And he's he's really improved. And like I said, I got a kid from, a 6'8 kid from um, Kalkaska, who Grayling's coach called me and said, you should take a look at this kid. And again, just like I said, and it kind of morphs into, you know, and you know, put these kids together. And I've got some couple of kids who I get the kid from Kokomo, Indiana, who uh, came in. I, I started talking to him, you know, first kid over sent me an email. We just talked a little uh, cool little mm -hmm. trivia question. He's uh, just turned 18. He's the oldest of nine kids. And it's just a phenomenal family, just a phenomenal family. So we talked a lot. And um, so he came up here, but he came and visited this winter. And I, he was 6'3". 170. And I said, you know, if you're going to compete in this league, this is one of the best junior college leagues in the nation. I said, you need to be able to come in about 190. Came in 190, just <laughs> ripped. And he's a guard. Yeah. He would have been playing underneath for me last year. Yeah. And so, you know, like I said, this is going to be a fun team. And his only problem is, and I got a couple, I got a kid from Leland, uh, quiet. Actually, Krislowski, uh, <laughs> his mother, you know, yeah. uh, from Alpena, but. Today we're talking, and I, you know, stopped practice. I said, you know, Isaac, I said, I said, you're wide open, and you're not saying a word. And but again, they're still feeling themselves out. Like, and you don't want to come in the first day of practice. And and then Garrett on the other side, I said, I just told Isaac that over here, you're in a corner. And I said, you're sitting there going, please give me the ball, please give me the ball. In your head, I'm like going, dude, say, give me the ball. Yeah. I said, you're not going to hurt anybody's feelings. I said. But again, I talked to Big Country about that. Big Country said, you know, it took him a while. You know, he said, I was afraid of everybody. I, you know, didn't want people to be mad at me. And, yeah. you know, 
I remember one of the things I remember hearing was that your voice, especially during basketball on a team, can really give energy to to your teammates, and you have to communicate that. And it's amazing how you can do that, and just your body language as well, and just being able to ex- extend that out. And it's true; I've seen it firsthand. A lot yeah, of times. I mean, I'm, I'm a high fire. I'm a chest bumper. I'm, you know, what you see is what you get. Yeah, I'm, you know, that's just my personality. I wear my emotion in my sleeve. Um, and so I kind of hope that carries over big, but again, I know it's that feeling how process, you know, you know, if I get point guards, you know, and, and I will say, you know, you think, you know, Peyton Manning is probably not a very loud guy in real life, but on the football field, you know, you know, who, you, you know, who, you, who the quarterback is. And that's like, you know, my point guards, and I've got some really talented point guards this year. Last year, I didn't really have anybody could bring the ball up. You know, we furnished a lot of presses. I've got, you know, three or four or five guys who can, you know, dribble the ball, bring it up. So it, it'll be a fun year. I guarantee you that. I I couldn't wait. I mean, I was like, you know, they're two hours early today, just yeah. giddy. And, you know, practice ended. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we only got through, you know, which is all right. I'm not yeah. going to, you know, jam everything down the throats. But but it's a it's a fun group. Um, and like I said, they work hard. They listen. But, they're you know, and our big mantra is, you know, my brother's keeper. Everybody looks out for everybody. And, uh, you know, and I have my, my, I call my lieutenants right now, yeah. you know, they're kind of responsible for, you know, my four sophomores. And, and so it's a really, it's really a fun, fun group to work with, uh, cause they, they understand me and I've given a couple of people, a couple of breaks, you know, you know, him and Todd, do I bring them here? And so they're going to work twice as hard. Yeah. Well, that's sounds good. I know we'll be excited to watch. Yeah. See what I'd love for you guys, you know. Well, yeah. I'm excited. And, uh, you know. I, we used to go to a lot of games, and I used to, I've, time has mellowed me out, but I remember I've, the worst one I ever did was, I think it was Macomb. And there was a guy, I forgot his name, but we used to, I used to always grab the program, and then I would, let him know how he was shooting from the free throw line at the game. And I forgot his name, but I remember yelling at him. He was like 0 for 4, and he got fouled again. And I was like, I forgot his name, but he's like, yeah, you're 0 for 4 from the line tonight, and we're about to watch you go 0 for 5. And he just turned at me, and he said something to me, and then he missed it. I was like, you shouldn't be worried about me. You should be worried about me going over <laughs> six right now. And I remember Max Lindsay walked over to me and he sat down next to me, puts his hand on my knee, he goes, You've done enough tonight, Steve. Right. <laughs> and I was like, All right. <laughs> it just it was absolute, but yeah, um, it's fun. I remember uh I always think it's amazing. If you don't go, you don't know, but Alpena crowds are crazy compared to some of these other community colleges. They're lucky even if they get their girlfriends to come down and watch them. Yeah, play. there's it's it's interesting. We're trying to, you know, like my goal is, you know, I told Dr. Master day one is my goal is to have them have a knockout a wall. You know, yeah. And again, as you know, Alpena, if you if you build it, they'll if you yeah. build a winner. I mean, you, you know, remember the you know, the Tyler Pintar and Andy Marwe, you know, mm-hmm. days. You couldn't even walk in the gym, you couldn't find a seat. Yeah. You know, and people will come if you're winning. And, you know, like I said, we're going to get over that hump. And again, we we, we were very competitive last year. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't get as many wins as I'd like, but we made huge strides. I'm, you know, but again, you know, I'm about winning, you know. Yeah, I understand. You know, I mean, teaching and winning, but yeah. winning is, you know. 
Well, I liked it, and uh, we wish you best of luck this upcoming season, and hopefully you'll finish the cross-country season out well. Yeah, it's crazy October because, you know, I coach early morning for cross-country and then, you know, late afternoon for basketball. So, But it's, it's, it's all good. So uh, I think we'll wrap this up here. We'll come back and we'll do our top five. Sweet. Awesome. exhausted this morning because I was watching the Ryder Cup all weekend and uh, I could get up at like 3.30, my wife would come like, what are you doing? Uh, USA, USA. By the time 7 o'clock, you're like, oh, we suck. Like, oh. <laughs> so. All right. Going to our top five now. And our top five this week is top five college basketball players. What's college or just basketball? College. Ooh, I can, do, I can switch this on the fly. They so all that. went to college. They technically did, well, except for the one. So, but I can figure that out. Hang on. Um, I don't want that one there then. <laughs> so, yeah, I go last. You guys just go on the fly All and right. I'll figure it out. Well, to get you some time, I'll go through some of my honorable mentions. Uh, Ray Allen is probably my favorite basketball player of all time. Now, did Ray Allen or Jesus Shuttleworth? I'll go with Ray Allen and Jesus Shuttleworth. I'm sorry. That's why I like Ray Allen, because I love that movie. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it is a good one. <clears throat> he somehow acted really well in it, too. So. Yeah. Uh, God Sham God. Probably got the best crossover ever out of Providence. I taught Allison how to do the Sham God the other day. She was just like, I don't understand. I'm like, so just let it lead out, and then grab it, and then bring it back with your opposite hand. And she was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> uh, Chris Paul. You know. Point guard from Wake Forest. Man, your team's chippy. You got a chippy team so <laughs> far. Yeah. I like it. Uh, a couple shooters with Steph Curry and Glenn Rice. And of course, Jawan Howard's on there. Can't go wrong with Fab Five. Right. All right. And my number five, Kevin Durant. Probably person who changed the game of basketball in a way. Being Seven footer shooting a three and throwing the game as well. <laughs> yeah, I think he kind of did. I'm yeah. I mean, I guess I can understand, you know, different. I, as much as you probably watch some high school basketball now, but I've had, I've had three kids play high school basketball. And the amount of bad three pointers that are shot now is just absolutely makes me. I just I have gray hair because of the whole thing. I just like big man underneath, but I oh, mean, yeah. but Durant was 150 pounds in college, yeah. so and fast, yeah. So I'll never forget my youngest in seventh grade did a step back three pointer in the Atlanta gym, and I stood up. I saw because I saw him doing it. I was like, he's going to do that, isn't he? And I remember standing up, and I was like, ready to just cuss him out in front of all 12 people in this gym. <laughs> I mean, like I was mad because I do not believe in that. And it goes in, of course, and he just looks at me and winks. And I'll never forget that. And then Allison just kind of sets it down. And I was like, oh, I was just mad. I just, what are you doing a step back for? Anyways. Watches too much TV. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Durant. Much watch basketball in college. Kevin Durant, as of so many of these kids, was a man child. In college basketball. It was just unbelievable Texas. Yeah, so. Fun fact, I don't know. I probably neither of them 
are listening, but I remember Gary Pakula was a huge Kevin Durant fan. Absolutely. Just huge on Kevin Durant. He would go to school every day and sell Pintar. And he said, Pintar, Kevin Durant's going to be amazing. And Pintar would go, no, Kevin Durant's going to be garbage because there's no way a tall guy like that should be shooting three-pointers like that. And every chance Gary Pickle can get, you let him know that. So trivia question, with where he play this rookie year? Kevin Durant? Yeah. Seattle. Yeah, Sonics. Yeah, well, yeah, so. I thought you got to say like Vancouver or something. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to go? And then we can have our guests go last for number yeah. five. All right, so I got to pick two honorable mentions out of this list of five. So I'm going to go Grant Hill. Okay. Uh, there's going to be some Duke players on this list. I already know what his number one is. And I'm going to go Adam Morrison. Nice. And I absolutely loved – with the other half of that equation, which we'll get to later, and Brad already knows that. So that's my honorable mention. So my number fifth favorite college basketball player, Lamar Odom. So Lamar Odom. Wow. And I'm talking about college basketball, Lamar Odom, at Rhode Island. He was the truth. And, I mean. He went to, like, 14 high schools. Yeah, 14 high schools and two different junior colleges and finally became eligible for one year so he could get drafted by the NBA. But that one year at Rhode Island, I mean, really, there, was, there wasn't a lot of players that could do what he could do, especially handle the ball and see the floor the way he could. And I absolutely loved watching him play. So, yeah. Nice. Good nice. <laughs> so, no honorable mentions? Yep. Um, Len Rice, uh, Flint Northwestern. Actually, they came up. I saw him play at Alpena High. Really? Yeah, him and Ryzen and Daryl Miller and uh, Anthony Pendleton. And then uh, my other one is Sean Respert. Well, I thought the guy would be an absolute phenom in the pros. He was first-round draft pick in Milwaukee and just fizzled. And his teammate was not on my own much, Eric, Snow. Eric Snow, who was average in, in college. Absolutely would have had what, a 14-year career in the NBA. So, and then my number five, back to Spartanland, is Steve Smith. And uh, kind of cool story about Steve Smith is uh, he goes kind of stayed to him, you know, my brother-in-law and Izzo were, were brother-in-laws, so I got to know the Izzo camp pretty well. And my daughter was at Izzo's cottage, my oldest daughter, when she was about 10 years old, and Steve Smith was there. And she didn't know who Steve Smith was, and he was like the coolest guy in the world to her. And I thought, what a classy guy. And, you know, if you ever saw that article in Sports Illustrated about Steve Smith's mother, you know, Steve Smith's given millions and millions of dollars at Michigan State, but it's under his mother's name. And he lived in inner city Detroit, and they had a whole yard back court it was a uh, concrete uh, for basketball full court and if in the place was just packed and if anybody would swear she'd boot everybody out i mean they had to follow all these rules and it was like you know just what a, a cool guy claire bell or no yeah i think that's her name yeah but uh so steve smith and i remember even watching him against purdue and gene katie said i'm not even worried about that guy he's just he's getting ready for the nba you know so that's my number five all right I hope you don't have any more Spartans. Oh, baby. Because, oh, I mean, I we're probably going to have to stop now. And then well, it's like. Absolutely. Party <laughs> lines. Well, back to Sean Rusford. His elbow pad was too big. Yeah. yeah. But, boy, he could hit some. He could hit every. This little skinny kid. You know, I'm like, oh, wow. But you played with some men in the NBA. And... All right. My number four is Vince Carter from North Carolina. Is... The greatest missed dunk of all time. In my opinion, 
that alley one-handed put-back thing, that ball went all the way, I think, to the other end of the court. <laughs> and he seriously just tried to yoke that so hard. I'll never forget that. He played with a lot of aggression. Yeah. And uh, a trivia question, I can't remember the guy. Who's his brother-in-law? Uh, Jay Sackhouse. No, no. No. Antoine Jameson. Antoine Jameson. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Good. Another trivia thing. Yeah. Vince Carter was a big band geek in high school. Really? Yeah. He's still in the NBA. Yeah, it's like, yeah, 40 some years old. Remember him in the NBA dunk contest? Oh, he's going to play for Toronto. By far the best NBA dunker, in my opinion. Brad will probably say Dominique. Oh, of course. So, that's how, at least I know my friend. But, <laughs> uh, and I mean, it's really, I mean, 1A, 1B type of thing. Obviously, Dominique's amazing. So, wait, number four? Yes. Number four for me, Stephen Marbury. In the one year he spent at Georgia Tech, so Starberry. I like the fact I'm kind of what you said. I love point guards, so like I like, um, and what I loved about Marbury was is that as hyped as he was, right? I mean, in New York City, he still went and followed the kind of the NYC point guard lineage down there, and then one year, and then he was off to the NBA. But that one year at college basketball, he definitely set it on fire. It was kind of cool to see. So, and who was his cousin? His cousin was Sebastian Telfair. And Bassey, um, you want the older one you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. he was famous for his first guy who ever wore just white t-shirts. Oh, underneath his jersey? No, he wore just that. Oh, like no, I have no idea. That. No Wagner. Oh, okay, no, I didn't. Let's go on sometime every day. Yeah, I like it. My number four, and I remember this in 1974. He went up for a dunk. And he hit his head on the rim and took him to the hospital. Came back, stitched on David Thompson. Okay, yeah. Um, for North Carolina State. Him and the uh, 7 4 guy, I want to say Burleson. And then he played with Monty Tao, who was like a 5 5 guard. Uh, David Thompson is famous for He did not go to the NBA, went to the ABA, went for the Denver Nuggets. But he had like a 44 inch vertical jump. Yeah. Okay, you want to talk about a dunker? I love David Thompson. He was four. just pure aggression, too. He would just do some amazing things. And once he got in the air, he was trying to dunk it. Oh, yeah. 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 When, when he, he took it, off, he was yeah. he was trying to shit on you for lack of a better yeah. term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was yeah, he was a baller. All right. Number three is the big fundamental, Tim Duncan. You would. Of course I would. I can't believe two people from Wake Forest made your list. One honorable mention, albeit. But what? <laughs> Deal with it. I know. Can't help but they ask some good players. Hall of Famers, baby. And I mean, you got. I love Tim Duncan. So yeah, he gets class. Yeah, I liked him better in college than I did in the pros. He just got better in the pros. Yeah, he did. Number three for me, Steph Curry. Really? Yeah, Davidson. Yeah. Especially that that NC tournament run. Yeah. Um, Killed Kansas. Yeah. And I think I like even more someone like him when you know that that whole team runs on him. You know that whole team is your only thing you have to do is just stop him and you're going to win this game. Everyone in the gym knows it. Every scout report knows it. And then they couldn't do it. You still can't do it. Yeah. And you still can't really do it. I mean, he just gets injured. You're going to hope it was just for him to hurt his ankle and then just. Yeah. So. Okay, my number three is uh, another oldie but goodie is Bill Walton. I loved, loved, I loved UCLA, uh, but Bill Walton, 
was a real deal. Actually, I remember like finding an AM station, whether he was going to go to the NBA or the ABA get drafted. But uh, pretty cool story about him. I'm a big John Wooden fan. Mm-hmm. And Bill Walton came in and then, you know, he grew up and, you know, he was there in the late 60s, early 70s. And he said that and he was player of the year in, in college basketball. Uh, and he said to John Wooden, he said, I, uh, I think it's time you change. He said, I want to smoke weed. And he said, you know, everybody's doing it. And, and uh, John Wood said, you know what, you can do that. That's fine. He said, I'm gonna, I'll sign your transfer papers and uh, you can go anywhere you want and do that. <laughs> go out and say, wow, this guy, uh, you know. Yeah. But I, I, I tell you, I'm a uh, huge, huge fan of his growing up. And I've got three redheads. Mm-hmm. So I wrote him a letter. This was an adult. And I said, hey, I said, I'd love an autographed picture. Uh, as you can see, and, you know, got, or I got three redheads. And he, he you know, sent me this pic- picture sign and just, just a cool guy, and I know people don't like him because it was announcing and stuff. And I think he would have probably been an NBA Hall of Famer had he not had so many foot injuries. Oh yeah, but uh, I like I said, I'm still a big fan of Bill Walton. The problem with it is there's three Bill Waltons. There's the announcer Bill Walton, which you take as is. There's the NBA Will Bill Walton, which was injured. It was injured, yeah. and you know probably kind of got a bad rap due to the injury, just because he was so hyped because of the third Bill Walton, which is the college basketball yeah. Bill Walton, and the college basketball Bill Walton was his. Absolute truth. Yeah, and again, just a just a cool, you know, guy from San Diego, and you know, just a hippie guy. You know, he traveled around the Grateful Dead for years. Yeah, he's grown on me over the years. I like. I, I don't mind. I enjoy enough. listening to him call basketball games because you never know what he's going to say. Yeah, yeah. Off he just, the left yeah. field, and you almost probably smoked before he was done. <laughs> you almost enjoy somebody like that, whereas you're just not going to get the same thing over and over again, like um, Jeff A. Gundy. You just know what you're getting when you listen to him. He's gonna, you know, talk about whatever and just. But it's, you know. even you know, not, I know we're doing college, but when he played for the Trailblazers, you know, I just you know, I was I don't know. The ESPN just had a thing on them, and, you know, him Maurice Lucas, but it was just this cool, you know, cool redhead dude with the ponytail. Yeah. You know. All right, number two is Jalen Rose. That's amazing, and it makes me really happy because of my number two. So. But yeah, anything you want to elaborate on that? He just had the swagger to him that just—he was the leader of the Fab Five. Hundred percent agree. And you could just tell that he just wanted to win. And just to listen to his stories now, every all the basketball games and this and that. Just let me ask you something because I just kind of know where you're going with that or where you got that from. I should say, if it wasn't for the pod and all the stories that and you've gotten to really know Jalen and hear some of the things about him, do you think you'd probably have him differently on the list? Or would you still take Michigan basketball number five, Jalen Rose, and still have him on that list? Probably be lower on the list. But... I, 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 it's hard to separate because when you listen to Jalen talk about it now, I agree. It really does sometimes almost makes you emotional just because yeah. um, you can just – you sometimes – and we do, we talk about this before on the pod, but you forget they're kids. And you probably can really appreciate oh. that since you're coaching them. But sometimes you just forget they're 18-year-old kids. And, you know, as a fan, you become – you know, just almost like a maniac because you know, Michigan football is a great example. We right. talk about Michigan football a lot, but you know, these nineteen-year-old kid, and you, yeah, they're saviors. Yeah, yeah and they're yeah. saviors. And you know, a lot of times they'll be like, "Man, that kid's not focused." And I'm like, he's a nineteen-year-old kid. I mean, 
My aha moment with that was remember Matt Costello. Yeah. Michigan State, Mr. Basketball. Um, he went to Bay City Western, which is in Auburn. And my son had a track meet there. And I was just, I was on the infield or whatever. And I see this guy is wrestling. And he's wrestling like three guys. And he's, and I think I look at that. This kid's an 18 year old kid. You know, I mean, he's not. You know, I'm thinking, I said, oh, yeah, this guy's going to come in and help state, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking myself, you know, he's just a kid, you know, just like my son, but he happens to be 6'10". <laughs> and thinking, you know, he's got an 18-year-old brain, not a, an adult brain. And, yeah, just do 18-year-old things. Like, normal 18-year-old kids you wouldn't necessarily get mad at for – and then you just – I just find it, the whole thing just fascinating to me at times. So. And I actually – I really like Jalen Rose also. I mean, I like him now – Probably more. I mean, I was always like, you yeah. know, like like the Fab Five, uh, but I like them now. I like. I mean, I love to listen. You know, Jacoby and Jalen, yeah. and uh, I really, you know, I'm a big fan. So good choice. He didn't make my top five, but <laughs> my top five was going to be top the Fab Five. There you go. Well, then here I'll help you out. So my number two favorite college basketball player is Chris Weber. So. Um, and I love everything about Chris Weber from whether he got paid or not. I really don't care, but I love everything from the timeout, like his, the, the lowest of low for him. to whether you, I don't know what period you want to pick the highest to high for him, but, um, the whole fat five thing. I mean, we, those of who've been listening for 27 episodes by now or 20, 28 know how we feel about the fat five on here. So, um, this shouldn't be a surprise to have. Chris and Jalen right here at one or two and number two for us. So nice. So I guess we're going Sparty versus Wolverines because my number two is Magic. I'm, and you could argue he's one of the greatest basketball players. In the I world. just I it's been like that. Think about like when I was a kid. I remember you know before social media or anything like that. You know his big decision came down to Michigan, Michigan State, and Michigan State really wasn't that good at the time. And Michigan, I believe that Johnny Orr was a legendary coach. And I just, oh my gosh, I just, you know, I didn't care wherever he went, I was going to be. And I remember like getting up extra early in the free press and where he announced he was going to Michigan State. And that was, it was really cool because actually I knew, um, I know two of his teammates, uh, Jamie Shoes Huffman. I don't know if you remember him. Shoes came out during a tournament game and Al McGuire called him call Shoes. He ended up playing at Ferris. <laughs> And then a guy named Gerald Busby, who played the first half of the season with Michigan State, and quit. <laughs> and he quit because he wasn't getting playing time because some guy named Magic Johnson was playing ahead of him. And he ended up being, you know, All American at Ferris. He, you know, he transferred to Ferris. But uh, just everything about Magic, he just he made college basketball. I believe he really turned it around. You know, I remember watching, you know, a ton of his games, listening, but then watching him and Bird. Yeah, you know? him and Larry really. The more you study that that whole dynamic of just everything about it, it just is fascinating. Even right through the pros, even it just I just think it's a really neat study in culture and demographics and marketing and everything that goes along with that. It really is crazy to me. And as a young adult, I uh, I lived in Lansing, and you know I was wondering where he's from. He's not from a very nice part of Lansing, but I checked. I went to the library and got an old phone book that got his address to see where he grew up and stuff. And right off. Right off the expressway, and uh, did he go to Waverly? He went to Everett. Everett, okay, yeah, all right, yeah. So, Ooh. I know we're once Chris Weber. I love you. God bless you. You said it all. So.
Move on you can George. say it again if you want. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably the first unicorn. He did. It was more with his ball handling and passing than with his shooting. Because there wasn't six, ten people dribbling down the court and going behind the back all the time. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I just feel like we're boring people if we start going on and on about it. So, so that's cool. My number one is JJ Redick, though. And that's not a surprise to you no. at all. So I absolutely love JJ Redick. So. He's another guy taking off. I mean, literally. Um, my well, we're talking about college basketball, yeah, no. but but NBA JJ Redick, I probably actually love more than college basketball JJ Redick, just because his whole journey of you know thinking he was. King Dingling, for lack of a better term, right. getting slapped in the face of reality, but then how he's been able to work through that and find his own groove in the NBA it really is um, just a testament to a lot of people. I don't want to say they give up, but they just aren't willing to do the work, as you probably can appreciate. You know, to see someone that's willing to put in the work to really try to make themselves great, you can't. Well, no matter what that profession is, you gotta respect it. So absolutely. I love JJ just for the fact that I think he just – I couldn't imagine somebody like him in today's world with social media. Just, oh, he would have – it would have been terrible back then. Yeah, it just would have – no way it would have worked out just because the whole world would have exploded. So, right. Yeah, right. But he embraced the hate and he liked to go to people. I mean, that's just what he liked to do, especially Maryland. <laughs> so, anyways – Kind of like a little Christian Leitner, huh? <laughs> yeah. So uh, my number one guy is another Sparty, uh, Scott Skiles. Well, I absolutely tell you what, you talk about swagger, you talk about a guy who put his heart and soul and just put a team on his back. Um, I tell you what, a kid like, you know, I recruited like a Gunner Libby, you know, that's the kind of, you know, athlete I love. I love a leader. I love people saying, you're recruiting that kid. I'm like, yep. They said, boy, I wish he played on our team. You yeah. know, um, but I watched Scott Skiles play against Ohio State at Jenison Fieldhouse and Tony Campbell, uh, double zero for uh, Ohio State was uh, all first team All-American and Skiles, I think, had 35 points against him. I mean, so make a basket behind the backboard. Uh, but just incredible, incredible college basketball player. I've watched a lot of Gunner Libby. Because he goes against Posen, so yeah, um, yeah, and Eric did a phenomenal job with him, you know, um, helping him along and just developing him. And right from his, I watched him. I didn't see him his senior year, but I watched him from his freshman year all the way through his junior year. And um, yeah, it's impressive. Yeah, he just like I said, it. You know, he was. You know, I recruited him hard. He had pretty much made his decision. Um, but I just, I like a little kid with a little moxie on Tyler Pintar, another, you know, yeah. some moxie. But I'll tell you what, you know, you back it up. So how do you feel about, since you're a Michigan State guy, you like small guards, obviously, with a little moxie. How do you feel about Foster? you think he's going to be good for you guys this year? That's a, you know, that's a, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of people. I've, I've not seen him play. i watched him play on TV and, the you know, the state championship. He didn't play a lot. Um, I think he's got his work cut out for him. Yeah. Um, you know, he is small. But, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, I mean, Cassius Winston, love him. Yeah. Um, I think he's a great ball player, and I think that he's a great mentor. Uh, I think he's, you know, because, again, all it takes is that one, 
because again, if these guys are jerks to, you know, that then it goes round. But I think, you know, Tum Tum Nairns, you know, took Cassius Winston under his, you know, wing. And Cassius Winston took his spot. If I was Cassius Winston, I'd step on his hand every chance I get. I'd push him to the ground and step on his hand. And I mean, I'm sure lawyers used to that. I mean, or he's ready for that because yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he just grew up in the NBA, so I mean, yeah. seeing all that's not going to be news to him. But I mean, if you could toughen that kid up, and, you know, put a couple pounds of meat on that those bones, because he's a small five eleven. He's not like a right. a six foot, like a big six foot. He's a small and but. I think, you know, like you said, he's got moxie. I think a kid, and he can shoot, which yeah. all, all both those things help. So. Well, you know, that's actually funny. He talks about, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, he played Division One, you know, in Class A, yeah. and he scored, you know. And, uh, you know, I started to coach, you know, Bobby Allen, and, uh, you know, I got a kid from Leland. You know, he had a couple 40-point games. He said, it doesn't matter where you're from. Yeah. You know, you know you're a scorer, you're a scorer. And this kid's a scorer. You know, I got a kid to score. But I think that, uh, you know, Izzo will bring him along slowly. Yeah. I don't think he's, you know. Because he's got you know some talent again. I mean, they're losing some guys, but uh, it'll be an interesting year for them. Yeah, and he's obviously what I like about him since he's a coach's kid. So you know, he sees the floor, and he's already thinking ahead. Where a lot of kids, I think, are behind that. So I think whatever Izzo wants to do, he's probably just be like, "All right, I'm ready." But I mean, Cassius is really he's definitely better than. You know, Foster is so it'll right. be interesting. To well, see. Like little guards, I got a little guard this year, a little freshman guard. His name is uh, Jordan Baker, about five nine, about one hundred thirty pounds, and about a thirty two inch vertical leap. And the nice. kid is the kid is one of the fastest kids I've ever seen in my life. Nice and uh, good, good kid, good kid. So, like I said, I'm I'm excited for today. You know, I've been looking for his day for you know, yeah. last, last day last year, and you know, October first was. And I told him that I did my watch, and I said, oh. I said, you know, none of you guys can tell your grandkids you're college basketball players because it's official to that. Which is, I said, you know, this many people, yeah. and very few, you know, can ever say that. Mm -hmm. You know, even a college athlete, let alone college basketball player. And I mean, that's something I got to pat their back on because it's a lot, a lot of work. And I don't think people realize that mm -hmm. that you know, it's a full time job. And plus, they're going to school, and you know. So. Any surprises on the list? Anything you want to say? No one picked MJ. Oh. Pete Maravich, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird. Sat in our soft feet playing. Kareem. I love this. Just, just talking about omissions that surprising when we're talking about college basketball. No, you don't have to worry about KG, Kobe, or, Le or LeBron because they never went to college. Right. My all time favorite basketball player is Will Chamberlain. Okay. I thought we were doing basketball when I first made the list, and I, I, had, I hated to put LeBron on it, but I had to. I can't stand him. But God bless, I respect the living poop out of him. <laughs> He's a good player. He's just amazing. To be that big, that strong, that fast, it's just not even fair. So, all righty, well, that wraps up our tie five. We'll come back and we'll talk about what we have going on this weekend. Yep. I appreciate your time, gentlemen. Oh, no problem. All right, that was our episode number twenty-eight. We are so close. Dude. We are so close. We're going to keep that guest for a secret. We talked to him this weekend. We did. We did. He seemed kind of happy to be coming on, which makes me happy that he's happy because well, I shouldn't have said he. So I gave it away. There's your teaser yeah. for the week. Yeah. It's a he. It is a he. So all right.
Uh, what do you got going on this weekend, Brad? Uh, this weekend, it depends on the weather, but there's a Zanta run, walk, and then the chili chowder cook-off downtown. That's on my board, as is the best. Uh, if you guys remember when Christine was on here back from the uh, Besser Museum, this was their big fall harvest weekend, so they do a dollar museum entrance, dollar planetarium, and then free rides into the Lafarge Quarry. You get right down there. They get a bus ride right down in there. So that's going on along with the chowder kickoff, along with the Zonto Walk. Um, a lot going on. So, uh, yeah, so Friday I'll be downstate. And then on Friday night, it's homecoming for Posen, so I'll be that. Kelsey's coming home Thursday night, so I'm excited that my daughter's coming home. Maybe so I'll have to go to Posen watch football game. Hopefully I can make it. I got some news today that's kind of – I think I probably won't show up till halftime, I'm guessing. I'm going to be late. But nothing you do about it is what it is. What do they play? Posen plays somebody not very good because the big game was just last week and I got so many. So – um, but they're going to beat up whoever. I think it's Charles Heston, so I think they're going to slap him. And then uh, then we got one more other game that's so-so, and then we play Augury. That'll be the big game. Because Augury's undefeated. Hillman's got one loss to Augury. Posen's got one loss to Hillman. So if Posen can beat Augury, which is what I call the beginning of the season, they have a three-way tie atop, <laughs> atop of the North Star. With those three, and I think that's about what's going to happen. Let's so play each other in the first round. Of- um, one of them will have to play one of them. Yeah. yeah. So maybe whoever gets number one seed will get probably on way maybe, and then the other team will have to play each other, and that'll be kind of nuts. So, um, yeah. So we do have a charter cook-off downtown Alpena this weekend. Yes. It's awesome. What did you think of Sunrise right side, Suds? It was fun, man. A lot of fun. It was a lot of people there. Yes. I'll do it again next year. Yeah. Um, why don't you recap the run also that went on last Saturday? Uh, the color run at the fairgrounds. She had over 100 people come. So. It seemed like there was a lot of people yeah. there. Yeah. So it was a good turnout. The weather cooperated for most of it. There's a shower or a sprinkle here and there for a couple minutes. But it was a good turnout. People seemed to enjoy it. So. That's good. She's already saying she's going to do it again next year. And she messaged me at work today. She's like, you know, you were right. There's a lot more that goes into this than I thought. Yeah. Better believe As Mark would attest to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mark, what do you have going on this weekend? Actually, I cross-country meet in West Lampson on Friday. So I'll leave an early Friday morning, get home late Friday night. And I'll probably go to the ACC uh, volleyball game. Nice. Um, Saturday afternoon. And, uh, Clean out the garage, probably, so I can park this winter because yeah. snow's coming. But that's about it. Uh, got well, got basketball and cross country practice also during the weekend. So you're a busy man. That's all right. There's gonna be a day where I'm gonna go. Boy, I wish there was something I could do. Yeah, I hear Not you. really, but um, Sunday, Allison's got a baby shower down in Flint, so I think I'm gonna watch football right in Buffalo Wild Wings. There you go. I'm just by myself, sit there and just watch all the screens. Nice. I don't even care. No. All right. Well, that's about all I got. Thanks for listening, guys. Mark, thank you for coming by. Good luck on your finishing out your season and your upcoming season. Thank you. And then uh, next week, we have the one and only Matt Cameron. Yes. So we got definitely a heavy basketball sleep. Another great, phenomenal guy. I tell you what, I'll I'll toot his horn. He's just absolutely, he comes in and works with some of my guys. Yes. 
uh, just a class, class, class guy. Actually, he helped me last year with tryouts. Just, you know, I wanted to pick his brain, but what a cool, cool guy. Um, hundred percent. Yes. And, um, you know, what's interesting is I, I knew Matt in a certain way and, um, his dad, Laird, um, works at Anschutz with me. He's mm-hmm. their general manager. And I didn't know Matt. I didn't know Laird at all. I just knew Matt. And as I've gotten to know the Cameron family, Judy, Laird, Matt, Kim, you know, even as Megan and then the girls and Connor, everyone, um, I just even have a greater respect and admiration for the whole family. Um, you know, Matt, the, everything that Matt is, and you're right, Matt's a great guy. He gets it all from his dad. His parents are amazing people, you know, and to listen to the lawyer talk about rebounding and shots for Matt, and, you know, not that Laird's exactly a great basketball player, but, you know, he knew what he had to do to help his son. And, you know, Matt walking on to Tech is going to – I'm going to let him tell the story next week. Right. But, you know, to be as good as he was at Alpena, to go to Tech and then to redshirt and to have that – or not long, but to redshirt and have that whole experience and his whole basketball journey playing over in Luxembourg. Yeah. Um, I'm, I think it's just absolutely fascinating. I can't wait to – I don't know if a lot of other people know a lot about everything that went on, so um, I'm excited for him to share that. And I know he's kind of like, oh, people aren't going to listen to me. But yeah, they are. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's – I don't know many people that played basketball professionally, even if it was just in Europe. Oh, and actually, Bobby Allen, you know, we talk a lot because everybody's going to go pro. You know, that's you know. Yeah. And Bobby said, you know, well, these guys, people go overseas and they'll play in a league that – you know, it's like a rec league. And he said, well, Matt Cameron played in the league. You know, he played in, like, the top of leagues. It's not just, a, you know, it's an average league. He said, so if anybody says, oh, they went overseas, they, you know, are you, are you, you know, up to Matt's standards? But, yeah. And he put in work over there. Yeah. He won't tell you that, but he, he put in some work over there. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to have Matt come. And then we have our special number 30 in the cast, which is kind of what we've been working to, 30 episodes. After that, we go – Cheese from the news. That's who we got. Steve Saltzwitz from the news. And then, oh, I forgot who we had the 9th October. Oh, right. yeah. So, and then we got Preston and Anikoski coming down the pipe here. We got a couple other people. So, and then we almost have our break. Yeah. So, it's coming up quick. Yeah. So, our little short sabbatical to wrap the year up. You might get emotional at that. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I should be all right. I should be all right. Well, I'm going to hold you to it. So it's just tears of joy for getting a two-week break. <laughs> for a two-week break. All right. Well, thanks for coming by. It was good, Mark. Great. Thank you. Oh, thank you, guys. All Appreciate right. It. Guys, thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Yeah. Wow.